Welcome to the Northern Ireland Youth Forum, episode two of Our Voice Unmuted podcast. My name's Adam Crullers. I'm a member of Northern Irish Youth Forum, and I'm joined by James Grimes, another member of the Northern Irish Youth Forum. Today, we welcome Martin McDonald, chairperson of the Community Relations Council. This is in anticipation of Good Relations, Le- Good Relations Week, which is upcoming from Monday 20th of, the 20th of September to Sunday the 26th of September, with the theme of Brighter Days Ahead. Hi, how's it going? You doing well? Not too bad. Good, good. Um, so, well, hi, Martin, and thanks for coming along to the podcast. And welcome to Northern Ireland Youth Forum's podcast, Our Voices Unmuted. This is the second episode. We invited you along in anticipation of Good Relations Week 2021, next week, September, starting September 20th, running to December 26th, here in Northern Ireland. So we'll kick off with our first question. What is the CRC and what's the upcoming Good Relations Week? It's uh, a big question. What is CRC? Uh, CRC has been in existence for 30 years and it's, it, I suppose it's, it's changed its constitution and its format over those years. I only joined the organisation as chair in 2018, so relatively new. This is, this is year three. Uh, initially, CRC was an independent organisation, independent of government, uh, and didn't really have a, a defined, I suppose, government policy to work under. But it did a lot of good work in terms of raising the issues around good relations or the lack of good relations in Northern Ireland, I suppose, before the, the ceasefire and after the ceasefire. In, in 2018, um, after a formal, was the government did a formal evaluation executive of CRC. And I suppose there, there was some concern at that stage whether there was value in retaining the organisation or whether the, so this is something the department could do itself. Thankfully, the, the outcome of that evaluation was to conclude that there was a role for an organisation like ourselves. And at that stage, CRC was, I suppose, really transformed into what's formally known as an arm's length body of government. Uh, there, are, there are many arm's length bodies doing different things right across uh, the government system. And normally, when the government decides it wants an arm's length body, I suppose it has the belief that that organisation, whatever it is, a bit closer to the community that it serves, people are more likely to engage with that with the organisation as an intermediary, uh, and it's likely to get, I suppose, to get uh, more more outputs for for the inputs that it's putting in. Uh, so we're I'm I'm chair of the organisation. We have a number of uh, of board members, and we have a staff of about seventeen people. We're fortunate that we have a, a defined policy framework to, to work with them, and that's the way you've heard of TBOC. Uh, there are an awful lot of acronyms that run around the system and, and jargon that people of my age talk about. But what TBOC stands for is Transforming and Building the United Community. Uh, the strategy has been in existence for some time. I think we're probably at a stage where the executive will review that strategy, evaluate what it's achieved, and decide if it needs to be replaced or amended in some way. Uh, the, the role that we perform, we, we have a, a grant function, so we offer uh, small grants to communities uh, and, it, and it covers right across Northern Ireland. We also have a core funding uh, mechanism where we would fund a number of organisations across Northern Ireland. We would fund their core costs, their maybe make contribution to their staff, their heat, their light, their overheads. It's very difficult to get anybody to fund that sort of activity. Most of the funders want a project, want, want something to, to materialise out of that. But groups can't sustain themselves, and I'm sure Northern Youth Forum is no different, unless you have somebody who's covering the core costs 
But what, what the core groups do is that because they have those costs covered, they can attract an awful lot of other funding from all the funding streams right across the system. So that actually works. And then the third, the third key function we have would be, I suppose, what I would call an engagement function and a learning function. We, we engage with groups like yourselves right, right, right across the province. Uh, we produce a number of publications and research. So that engagement and research function complements the two core, fun, the core fund, the small grants. Uh, hi, Martin. Hi, James. Um, so my question, you've already answered this, as, uh, it was what is your role at CR and you said you were the chairman. Yeah. Uh, so my kind of follow-up question is what does the chairman do? That's another very good question in terms of what does the chairman do? Uh, well, I suppose that there's, a, there's a, a clear distinction between what the chairman and any board member would do compared to what uh, you know individual employees would do. It's, it's not my job to uh, get involved in the detailed operations of the organization or to interfere in those. The, the role of the board and the role of the chair is to give a strategic direction to the staff and to the operational side of the organization. So they, they have programs that they have to deliver. I think our role is to ensure that that meets the needs of what the strategy is. Because we, we operate under the TBOX strategy, uh, there are particular things that the government ask us to do, and I've outlined those previously in terms of the core funding and the small grants uh, and the research side. Our job is, is to ensure that the CRC strategy, which we prepare, I suppose, every three or four years, was a new one done when I took over. And our role is really to, to ensure that we are on track, we don't veer off track, and we're achieving the objectives of that strategy. And that's no different for a chair in any organization. I also sit on one of the Southern, on, on one of the health trusts, that's the Southern Health and Social Care Trust. Again, same, same principle, I have a board member there. Uh, it's not my job to set the health policy. It's not the job of the organization. The policy is given to us. It's defined by politicians, given to us by the department. And our job is to make sure that we implement that strategy. That's the key difference between being a board member and a chairman as compared to an employee within an organization. In terms of what, what I do on a, on a, on a, I suppose on a daily basis, we, we have, I suppose, regular board meetings, uh, probably, probably one every month. And we, I suppose, have a, a fairly standard agenda where we have minutes from the previous meeting. We have feedback from the directors within the organization. If there are any particular pieces of correspondence, then we would deal with those. If there are any extraordinary issues, then those would come to the board review the staff have delegated authority to do most of their work but as happens every month every month there's always something that arises that staff would like to have a clear view from the board and that's when the role of the chairman and the, and the board really comes into play um my next question is why did you get involved in cr work and why is it important now yeah well i suppose back to first principles I'm um, born and bred in Northern Ireland I have an interest in, in our country uh, and I mean when you get to my age and you look back back to the, the 60s and the 70s when the particularly 69 of the troubles started I, I spent my youth through those very troubled years now I'm married I'm a father and I'm a grandfather and I want to ensure that my children and their children you know grow up in a, in a better society um, 
I think it's also important to note that, uh, you know, Northern Ireland has changed over the last 30 years. And sometimes people, people will ask me the question, well, if, if CRC has been here for 30 years, why is the problem not solved now? And I, I would sort of compare that to my other field of interest, which is the health sector. We've always needed hospitals. We've always needed doctors, nurses and, and facilities. People are always going to get sick but somebody needs to look after them. And I think good relations is no different than health. It's an integral part of our health. If, 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 if we can't deal with sectarianism, if we can't deal with the multicultural issues, we're going to have a problem. So I think there will always be a need for some organisation to, to provide support to the community to help themselves. Uh, what, we're, what we're really trying to do now, and one of the key changes in our current strategy was to say that while the organisation's been in existence for 30 years and there's many interventions, not just from CRC, a lot of people have an interest in good relations, but we want to make good relations a part of everyday life. It's not just about, you know, a couple of groups or a hundred of groups, a hundred groups across Northern Ireland doing extraordinary things. It's about everybody doing something, something. But I think people take decisions about, for example, where they shop, where they go for the recreation, where they would holiday. And intuitively, some people might take views, well, don't want to go to that area because I don't feel comfortable there. I think we need to get over that. We, we, need, we need to see, we need to ensure that our everyday actions and our, and our thought processes is, are constantly thinking about how, how would this you know, impinge upon good relations. The other, the other reason why I got involved, my background, I started my career off as a, as a town planner for about 20 years. So that inevitably involved, you know, engagement with local communities about plans and proposals or about planning applications. Um, it, it's there, I mean, it, it always struck me that, you know, in, in terms of how we shape Northern Ireland, that's what planning is about. Uh, we, we have to have good relations at the heart of that. I then became involved in community development and rural development. I work with, with communities across the province uh, who were, in many cases, Isolated, never spoke to the neighbour, didn't know what was going on within other communities. But whenever you sat down and got to talk to them and try to develop plans and proposals, the issues that they were facing, be it orange or green, with the nationalist union, our unionist community, were no different. It was, it was about unemployment, it was about a concern, about the troubles, it was about where their children are going to go to school, the closure of rural schools, employment in rural areas. So that, that, I suppose that's always been in my DNA working with local communities to, to try to find a, a bottom-up approach or what, what actually works in local communities. And it's, it's not just about government imposing solutions. Local communities have to be involved in those solutions. And if you translate that into the role of young people, then I think clearly now young people need to be involved in identifying the problems and identifying the solutions that work for them. I mean, I think it's just me, the person. I've, I've grown up with that type of DNA. I have an interest in engaged with local communities. Therefore, it was an easy move into, into the role of, of uh, seeking to be the chair of the Community Relations Council. Okay, Martin, that's all my questions for now. I'll hand you back over to Adam. Okay, James, thank you. Thank you very much for those answers, Martin. They're really interesting. Um, I think regarding young people, we've grown up, thankfully, in a very different Northern Ireland from what you're saying about the Troubles. I think that's very interesting. Obviously, I think you've answered part of this question, but is Northern Ireland in any unique position with community relations work? The answer is probably going to be yes. 
But if you could and maybe elaborate on that and the unique position Northern Ireland has compared to other countries like England, for example, regarding community relations. Yeah. Uh, obviously, obviously, we are unique because of because of our history and because mm. of the issues that we have come through. Uh, I think CRC is in a unique position itself because at least now we have got a strategy, albeit the T-Buck strategy, that does need to be reviewed. And I think politicians will 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 turn to turn to that in the short term. But from a from a government perspective, the executive has laid out what it wants to see happen, what it wants to be done. And it's about engaging with young people. It's about creating safe places. It's about tackling paramilitarism. It's about trying to, and our role, the key role that I see for us as CRC under TBUC is about trying to promote social cohesion. Uh, in terms of the, the, the uniqueness, but if you, look, if you look for, I suppose, recently issues around Black Lives Matter, has clearly shown that there is a there's a global movement where where people from what from their own particular background in this case black lives uh, have become very vocal and I think people in Northern Ireland are, have also been very vocal and there is the opportunity now to channel that energy into trying to improve good relations. Um, good relations week I think gives us the opportunity to showcase then all the different efforts from, from different groups. It's one of the largest events, I think, on the island of Ireland. Uh, I don't, can't think of any other organisations that get involved in that form of celebration on a yearly basis. And I think that also makes us unique. Uh, hopefully that, that partly answers your question. No, that was great. Thank you. That really answered the question. Um, I think relating to that, about Good Relations Week. Uh, so why do you think we still have... I wouldn't say strong focus, I'd say still a focus in Northern Ireland on the orange and green issue. Maybe not as strong as, for example, in the Troubles, it was obviously very strong. But yeah. why would you say that we might still have a focus on the orange and green issue here? Uh, I mean, that, that, that's something which struck me when I took over the role as chair, because my view was that, yeah, there, there is the orange and green issue, it's certainly still there. But Northern Ireland's a different country than it was 30 years ago. We're a much more multicultural society. Um, the, and I would look at the sort of people that we engage with and fund and celebrate their achievements. They are, they are not just about orange and green communities. Uh, I think we shouldn't forget them. I mean, there are particular identities. Uh, the orange and the green community are have got a distinct identity and they want to celebrate that. And I don't think anything we do in terms of good relations is, is trying to seek to dilute people's culture and heritage I think that's extremely important but I think what is more important is for people to see and understand somebody else's culture that you don't understand I don't think the orange and green communities have actually got to that stage yet and there's a bit of work to be done to, to encourage people to sit back and look look at the culture from the other side one another role that I had I was involved in would have been I worked with the heritage lottery fund and I always saw heritage as maybe just being about, you know, the built environment, build buildings and museums and things. And it's much broader than that. It is about that intangible heritage, which is our culture here. Uh, and in, in working with them, I really began to see how none of us know exactly the other's culture. And I think that has to be a great effort. Uh, in terms of moving beyond the orange and green, we are, as I said, we are distinctly different. You look, even during Good Relations Week, 
we will have a number of projects that that identify, you know, different cultures uh, and we have multi-ethnic, multi-ethnic sports and cultures in Ireland, which will be doing a range of, of workshops, which will give children and young people from diverse communities a real understanding of racism, sectarianism, prejudice. I was also down in the NTV studios last week with Springboard, who you probably were of Belfast, and the two people were there was, was Stephanie and Joel. And Joel was one of the one of the young people who had participated in one of Springboard's programs. And he told his story about how he sort of felt lost. He was in his early 20s, fell out of the education system, didn't quite know where to go, and he became involved with Springboard. And they opened opened him up to a whole new world. And for the first time, he met part of the Muslim community, he met part of the Indian community. And the interviewer was asking, you know, well, you know, in terms of all these programs that you do, he was asking me, uh, you know, what do you think is the benefit of those? And my response was that Joel's testimony was a clear uh, response and justification for that type of intervention where we need to know each other's cultures. It's easy to be critical. It's easy to demean other people uh, and to have, I suppose, false views about what their beliefs are. You can't really have a view until you get to know the other community, whoever that other community is. I think we given where we are in Northern Ireland with the Syrian community. In the health sector, for example, we have a lot of Polish, Lithuanian, and people from North Africa. Part of the health service couldn't operate, you know, without Italian nurses, Indian nurses, Filipino nurses. So we 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 embrace these cultures. They add value uh, and colour and texture to our society. I think that's what really makes us a different society. So yeah, we are way beyond the orange and green. Yeah, no, I, I really, thank you very much for your answer. That was really informative. I think it was interesting what you mentioned about how our culture is about the heritage thing, that the Heritage Lottery Fund, that heritage is about culture rather than buildings as well. Yeah. I'm a uni student at Queen's, I study history. This is kind of what I studied last year about heritage. And it is, or we don't know, I'm, Protestant, but I wouldn't really know that that much about a Catholic culture, for example. And I have Catholic friends that don't know that much about a Protestant culture, and that's why I think Good Relations Week is really important. So, could you maybe outline f- from Good Relations Week, like sort of like the key events or how it is promoting cooperation between cultures? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we've over there are over two hundred events, I suppose, given. Given the pandemic, normally all our events will be out in the real world. <clears throat> Obviously, we can't go right back to that to that sort of format. But we're trying to do a sort of a blended format of events. Some of them, some of them will be actual events. Some of them will be done by Zoom. Some of them will be like this in terms of podcasts. So, but I think we have a very good mix uh, of of activities coming up. <clears throat> I'm also pleased that this year we have all the the district councils uh, signed up and are involved. CRC is a small organisation. We can't achieve the, I suppose, the utopian goal of good relations in Northern Ireland unless everybody else engages. Uh, good Relations Week, is a, while, while we facilitate it, it's a, it's a joint effort and we would have a working group that involves young people themselves. And this year's theme of, of Brighter Days Ahead, uh, that theme was chosen and the logo and the, 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 yeah, the PR stuff around it was really chosen by young people, <clears throat> part of the Young Ambassadors Programme. And you'll see in some of the, some of the PR shots where we have, we have those 
young people from the young ambassadors involved in, in the publicity for the for the program. In terms of some examples, um, I suppose with the Integrated Education Fund be one example, and that will premiere its integrated education through the eyes of young people. It's it's a documentary that's going to be shown at the Queen's Film Theatre and it'll explore the nature of good relations through an integrated schooling system. On the other side, if you're not into integrated education, the the notion of shared education, the Jethro Centre in Lurgan are going to uh, have a publication where they had, I think, nine young people from Lurgan ended up on on the stage in front of maybe 15 or 16,000 people in San Diego, uh, outlining their views on how shared education, and it was the first opportunity to meet people from the other community. So that would be a really good event for in terms of raising the interest of young people. Uh, Libraries NI, in partnership with Black Box, will host, I suppose, a visual and musical performances by young people with learning disabilities, and it will provide performers with an opportunity to showcase their their talents for the first time in front of an audience uh, after lockdown. The Bogside and Brandywell Health Forum, in partnership with the Fountain Youth Club, will bring young people together to work with an artist to develop, I suppose, a creative art piece that brings to life their own views and their visualisation of the city's diverse cultures, and that would not be easier done without it within a safe artist space. One other one I would mention would be the Drahat Project uh, from Cultureland in West Belfast will create a pop-up Gaeltock village uh, hosted by young Irish speakers, aimed at giving beginners and outreach learners the chance to, to practice Irish uh, themselves. In terms of the multicultural stuff, the Indian Hindu Association is going to organise a discussion between young people from different cultures and traditions, exploring their backgrounds to help increase, I suppose, that sense of community and belonging uh, and to celebrate the cultural diversity that we previously talked about. And uh, the SIPAC Chinese Association will celebrate their annual mid-autumn festival at the Play Trail in Derry. There was Chinese food, Chinese lantern making, and participants taught how to play the traditional Chinese game of Mahjong. I don't know what that is, but I think it would be worth having a look at. Uh, so uh, I think there will be something in Good Relations Week for everybody, uh, irrespective of what your interest is. But the key theme this year is about trying to engage uh, young people. And I think, Adam, you had said yourself when we talked on a previous topic, your, your, your views of Northern Ireland and the issues that affect you as a young person are distinctly different from you know, people of my age group who, who grew up through the troubles. But as part of our engagement with the young people and all the work that we do, I think we've clearly come to recognise that, yes, you know, sectarianism and the troubles are still there, but the things that young people have a real interest in is about the environment, it's about climate change, it's about education, it's about jobs, it's about the multicultural nature of our society. And I think you're the people that are going to manage good relations in the future. You're the people who are going to be impacted by whatever we do now. So it's important that we get to know uh, your view of, of Northern Ireland society now, your view of what we're doing as an organisation, how you think we should be changing, or if we're not tackling the right things. I think we are keen to hear, you know, how we need to adapt to meet your needs. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you very much for your answer, Martin. Um, yeah, the Chinese mahjong sounds good. I might get down to Derry and try it myself. Um, based on the back of what you're saying about 
young people's involvement and it's young people's interest that will spur the, the community relations going forward. Do you think there is kind of a role or that, that the council could create a seat on its board for youth voice to be represented? Is there an opportunity with the Brighter Days Ahead theme of the Good Relations Week 2021 for that to happen? Well, I suppose the short answer is yes. And I would maybe, I mean, I think if you look at the age profile of people across all public sector boards, the whole, the whole public uh, appointment process, uh, I don't know whether you're, you're aware of that, but just to say, if, you, if someone wants to have a seat on a, on a board, you have to go through a formal application process. And then a number, say 200 people apply, there's maybe only, there are, say it's only one position, 10 people are picked for the post. Those 10 names then go to the minister. So it is a, a ministerial decision as to who he or she wants to appoint. It's a, it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a difficult enough process to get through. I think you have to have fairly thick skin because if your name goes on a list and the process has said, well, you're fit to the job and you're not picked by the minister, well, that's just something you have to accept. That's the nature of, of public appointments in any process. Uh, back to my earlier point about the age profile uh, and, and the ethnic mix and the male-female mix. I think the, the gender issue has been tackled uh, relatively successfully over the last number of years. And I know on our board, we have a fairly even split between male and female. We don't have, we have, I suppose we have a, I suppose it depends how you decide, younger. Uh, traditionally, public boards might have had people you know, who had retired like myself, and then had to experience something to offer. But increasingly, we have uh, younger people in, in their 30s and early 40s coming to sit on, on boards, and, and that's good to see. The, the, the parallel process to that is that I'm also aware that there's a, there's a, a boardroom apprentice scheme. I don't know if you've ever heard about that, but that, that has started to run in the last couple of years. And it's run by a lady called Eileen Mullen, and what they do is they invite people to uh, put themselves forward for a position on any public board in Northern Ireland. And what the Department of Finance, the public appointment unit, unit has agreed, that those people, when they're selected, are then able to have a, a seat as an observer on a particular board. And, and then different departments and different boards agree to partner the scheme. This year, the Community Relations Council, we have someone coming to sit on our board uh, the trust that I'm involved in, we've had, this is our third year we've been involved in it, and we have people who have come to sit on the board. That gives you an opportunity to, you know, get an insight into, what is this something I really want to do? Uh, do I think it's something I could have an influence on? Now, that, that board and apprentice scheme isn't, isn't uh, as well specifically targeted at young people, but when I look at the cohort that are coming forward, it is much younger people, and I think that's to be welcome. So I, I would direct you towards the, the, the boardroom apprentice scheme. And if you wanted any details of that all, offline, Adam, come back to me about that, and I can put you in touch with, with Eileen, who, who runs the programme. In terms of our, our organisation, this year, as I said earlier, we were keen, because the theme was Brighter Days Ahead, it was about young people. We wanted young people involved in Good Relations Week. It wasn't just something we were going to put it together, throw it out there and say, this is for you. We, we ensured that through the Young Ambassadors, because that's also part of the TBOC programme, that was an obvious avenue for us to go and engage with the young people. And they did have an influence on the, on the, on the design of the logo 
and on the types of events that we're hosting. Now, I'm happy if, if someone wanted to, from youth, uh, the Northern Ireland Youth uh, Forum, wanted to write the CRC about young people uh, and I could sit in uh, as being an observer on our board, we'd be happy to, to pilot that, but that obviously would be, a, would be a collective board decision. But as chairman of the board, I'm very keen to ensure that young people are engaged with constructively. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Thank you very much. I'd really like to hear more about the Boardroom Apprentice Scheme. Yeah. Um, just based off the back of what you're saying about the selection process, do you think in the future going forward, there could be potential for it to be more youth-friendly? So there is like allocation for some young people to be put on. I understand that you were saying it's a board decision to be made. And I think the, the form of being the right to have even an observer put on, but do you think in future, the actual selection process could be made more youth-friendly by the ministers? Obviously, that's something. I mean, in terms of ministerial decisions, that's something they would they would have a view on and would have the, I suppose, the control of. I think you'd be knocking at an open door. I think politicians are very receptive to getting young people involved. Where the system has engaged has been through the through the boardroom apprentice scheme, uh, and I think they see that rather than engaging in a scattergun approach with, for example, anybody could any organisation could be writing. I think it is important to keep some sort of control over it. So I think the boardroom apprentice scheme could obviously be shaped in terms of saying that, for example, next year they might decide, well, we want a proportion of people uh, under a certain age or within a certain age group. So the boardroom apprentice scheme could be shaped. And that's something I think we could put to the to the boardroom apprentice organisers. Uh, obviously, in the end of the day, irrespective of what age groups people are coming forward for it has to be in terms of somebody has to take a decision you know is this person capable of doing the job is this per is this the right person uh but i think in terms of an apprentice scheme you're able to get over that because you're not actually offering them a three or four year term they're giving them you're giving them a year's experience you get a taster for what it would be like and then they can come back and compete in the open competitive process which is the public appointments process but adam i'm I'd be keen uh, to, to support efforts to certainly to get more young people involved in the work that we do. And I think that would be the same across the system. That's great. Thank you very much for your time and your support for the, for the efforts of young people going forward. Um, I think that's kind of all the main questions we kind of had. James, would you like to ask some sort of like just fun questions, I suppose, just to uh, well, get us going? I have another kind of question. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I must have. Sorry, James. Yeah, because I, I was sitting there wondering, did he skip over that question? No, I, um, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. sorry I must have not it down. All right. It's fine. So, um, Martin. Yep. How does the uh, community relations work support others outside of the green and orange? Uh, some, some of the projects, James, that I, in response to Adam's question about the types of projects that we're funding, uh, we, we, we clearly, for example, the, uh, the NELA, which is a big yearly event, uh, you know, it's held in Belfast, normally in Botanic Gardens. This year they had a sort of a mini NELA, uh, which is, you know, celebrating the cultures, predominantly the Indian community, but right across that whole, that whole ethnic, ethnic minority side. So we, we would support the NELA, and we have done for a number of years as part of their processes. The... The CIPAC, the the, uh, the CIPAC Chinese Community Association that I referred to earlier, uh, they will be doing a, 
uh, their, their play trail at, at Derry. And that's when we talk about the Mahjong process or game. The Indian Hindu Association uh, are going to organise an event between to encourage people to, I suppose, understand their cultures and their traditions. We would also, so those are the sort of things through Good Relations Week. Our small grants programme does support a number of ethnic minorities to do small scale projects, but we're happy to support those. There is a separate funding line through the TBUC uh, engagement forum that the, that the executive office runs itself. And that has a, a distinct fund to target ethnic minority communities. So there are, there's lots of support within TBUC and also support within CRC for the, for the range of multicultural groups that uh, exist in Northern Ireland. And as I referred to earlier, we don't, obviously there still is orange and green issues within Northern Ireland, but we are a much more diverse society now. Uh, where, uh, and there is a recognition that we need to support everybody who, who adds up to that multicultural diversity within Northern Ireland. That answer, hopefully that answers your question, James. Football, I'm a Liverpool supporter. Well, that's a good thing. Well, that's a good Me thing. too, yeah. I see. Uh, so football would be my prep. I mean, I would watch, I would watch rugby, particularly when when you get, you know, the major tournaments on, but it wouldn't be an I have never been to a rugby match, but I've been over downfield to see with my son to see a Liverpool then. So that would be where I get my kicks. Yeah, the other thing, funny, you know, on a serious note, around when you talk about good relations. You know, when you look at the issues between like Liverpool and Man United supporters, there's an awful lot of animosity there. And I know I, while I'm a football supporter, it's not the be all and end all of everything for me. And sometimes the rivalry between clubs, and you see some of that, you know, emanating across the water and gangs and the, the, the fights and all sorts of things. I think that's where the good relations has gone badly wrong. There's, there's a job to be done certainly in terms of football. I think the IFA in Northern Ireland have done a great job you know, in partnership with the GEA and other organisations to use sport as a mechanism to bring young people together. And the Northern Ireland Hyatt, stuff that we had there under the Rio Ferdinand Foundation, where they brought a number of you know, Syrian refugees together. I, mean, I'm, I really think that sport is a, is a perfect example of how we can encourage you know, people from all different faiths and religious beliefs to work together. So, sorry, I veered off the softer side there because that just came back to my mind. That's okay. That was a really good tension to it. I think, I think you're right. I think sport here is a good way to get communities to come together and just enjoy what it is, just sport. It's just leisure. It's, it's fun. But yeah, I'm a Liverpool supporter, so I'm with you on that one. I've been to Anfield myself. It's, it's great. Um, so, fish or steak? Uh, steak. Good answer. Me too. Uh, Chris for chocolate. Uh, chocolate. My good answer. Me too. We're all we're same answers here. <laughs> You're doing well, Martin. Um, film or a book? Film. Night in or night out? Uh, probably in the current time in my age, just night in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your night out. <laughs> well, I hope to be this year for university. So good. A few nights out. Um, comedy film or horror film, or what's your kind of favorite genre of film? I suppose. Uh, I think murder, detective, drama style stuff. Lots of that on Netflix, which I get addicted to. So, well, yeah. what, are you, what are you watching? I've been watching that one called Absentia. It's been on uh, Netflix and it's a bit dark. Uh, 
and it's 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 all the traditional things you know about crime and murder but it's just mm-hmm. it's not until you get to the last series that you really realize where it's all going so, so that's it, good that one sounds good it, it captures captures your imagination have you ever seen true detective uh, no, I don't think so. It's if it's murder crime, like sort stories, that's up. It'd be really up your right. street. Um, do you? It's on Sky. It's really good. Right. Must. There's a few scenes of it. Um, it's that out. We, we, I'd recommend we're, it. We're actually spoiled for choice now, aren't we? In terms of on the mechanism as to how you watch this stuff now, you know, Netflix and Amazon Prime, traditional TVs, sort of, it's not what it was twenty or thirty years ago. But at least we have much more variety and choice. Yeah, no. Whenever you want. I, I get what you're saying about that. Like my parents were like, I remember when I only had five channels to choose from, like BBC, Channel 4, and, and we're here with like Netflix. So. Yeah, and it was all on black and white. My early childhood. <laughs> I can't imagine that all. I just, my whole childhood's been color TV from sport for choice. I know, I know. Um, okay. Final question: Tea or coffee? Oh, coffee, Alex. Yeah, good choice. <laughs> Obviously, thank you very much for your time, Martin. I really appreciate it. the interview. Has been great, and the information, personally as a young person, finding out all this stuff about your relations week, it's been really informative. So, Not thank you very much. Delighted, for your time. delighted to be here. Sorry, I couldn't come in the flesh last week down out because we were, we were, uh, I suppose, shielding at home here for a particular reason. But uh, I think that this has worked well. One of the things I found out through the pandemic when I took over the role as chair and had this great vision that you know was I wanted to get out to meet all the groups and meet the people and get it over Northern Ireland and never actually got around to do that because I got caught up in the bureaucracy of running the whole thing. Whenever lockdown came, Zoom has given me the opportunity to meet people in every part of the country. And while it's not the same as you know being in the room, it's better than not being able to get out to see them at all thank you guys for for asking me to, to come along and i look forward to hearing the final podcast see how, you, how it all hangs together sure it'll be great thank Martin, you very much thank you Martin. very much for your time thanks for listening in today why not check out our event during good relations week our voices looking beyond borders where we will present an insight into our findings of our all ireland youth-led research into the views and opinions of young people aged 11 to 25 on culture identity and COVID-19. If you would like to know more about the work of the Northern Ireland Youth Forum, please have a look at our website, niyf.org, or follow us on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching NIYF. If you're between the ages of 11 to 25 and live anywhere in Northern Ireland or the Republic of Ireland, please take 10 minutes to have your views and opinions heard on issues of identity, culture and COVID-19. Once you complete the survey, you'll be automatically entered into a draw for the chance to win £100 or €100. Good luck.